Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is 24-7 Sports Hub Radio. And now, with their always informative and often entertaining take on the sports news of the day, here are Jonathan Raggis and Jim Williams. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another exciting episode of 24-7 Sports Hub Radio. I am your host, Jonathan Raggis. Alongside me, as always, is my partner in crime, Jim Williams. What's going on, man? What up, fellow PIC? I am not hip. Uh, doing okay, though. Doing okay. Welcome to the Wednesday edition of 24-7 Sports Up Radio, my friends. lot to get to today. A special guest uh, coming up in about 15 minutes' time, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. Uh, actor, actor du jour, let's say. D.B. Sweeney will be joining us, talking about his new movie, Underdogs. I saw the trailer for it. Looks really, really good. We'll want to talk to him about that and maybe a little bit uh, about high school football as a whole because that plays a big role in the movie. Uh, but also, a lot of sports to talk about. I mean, we have football, we've got baseball. Technically, we could go for sports today with what the topics we have at hand, but we still have time, ladies and gentlemen, for you. Other shows don't have time. We have time for you, ladies and gentlemen. Here's how you get in touch with us. We have a chat room. You log on to Blog Talk Radio. You go to the show page. You sign up. Chat room. Boom. Any comments or questions, send them this way. We will uh, read them periodically. In fact, if you have a question for D.B. Sweeney, that'd be a great way to hit us up uh, with that right there. You can also give us a call, 347-237-5373. That's 347-237-5373, or the uh, Skype button at the top above the player. So a lot to get to. Let's start with Monday Night Football. Monday Night Football and what should have possibly been a blowout by the Seattle Seahawks was it, especially mm-hmm. considering that, guess what? For the St. Louis uh, Rams, former Jet Kellen Clemens taking the snaps for them. But the Seahawks did win to move to 7-1 in the season, 14-9. Russell Wilson with two touchdowns in the game. Kellen Clemens, no touchdowns, two interceptions. But, wow, what a game from running back Zach Stacy. Exactly. If you're asking who, I asked the same thing as well. Jim, what did you think of this one? Well, obviously, this was the second most important game in St. Louis on that night. Uh, we'll talk about the first most important game a little bit later on in the program. Zach Stacy had himself a coming out party. The rookie, 26 carries, 134 yards against a pretty good Seattle defense. But uh, this is just one of those games that leaves me eternally scratching my head because Russell Wilson did not look great. He was efficient, sort of, kind of. He threw for almost half, only 18 passing attempts. I mean, I know I, I harp on balanced offenses, but this is ridiculous. Uh, Marshawn Lynch did nothing. Shut down. Shut down by... But only eight carries, though. Still. I mean... I mean, I mean still, it was only two, you know, 2.9 uh, you know, yards per click that he averaged when he got the ball. But it's Marshawn Lynch. Why would you only give him eight carries? This is a game, and, and many analysts on the four-letter and three-letter and two-letter and one-number networks said it best. This is a game that statistically St. Louis won. They yeah. should have won. Even with Kellen Clemens, two interceptions, this is a game they should have won, should the Rams have. And it came down to the final play of the game. They were driving in the fourth quarter. They were within a yard or two of the end zone, and they just couldn't bring it home. No. Um, so heartbreak for St. Louis, losing 14-9. to but uh, and they had the time of possession, thirty-eight oh nine to twenty-one fifty-one. That's just criminally insane. I mean, how do you have that time of possession and not win a football game? It was just simply put, an ugly, ugly game to watch. Yeah. But you know, we talk about heartbreak for St. Louis. We should also talk about heartbreak for Seattle coming down the road. If this team wants to be taken seriously as a team that can win the National Football Conference and go to the Super Bowl. They're going to have to figure out their offense 
and stat because one of the people they were banking on, Sidney Rice, he gone because he he tore his ACL. He didn't really do anything in this game either. Well, Sidney Rice hasn't been on the on the team pretty much all season, but what yeah. I'm getting at is he was supposed to be coming back in the next week or two. At least that was the theory, but nope, it just got worse. The ACL, uh, you know. I didn't see where he got injured, though. Did you see where he got injured? Uh, according, okay. according to uh, NFL.com and uh, Dan Hansis, it occurred midway through the second quarter. He okay. suffered injuries to the knee and head before exiting. And uh, Rice was trying to come back because uh, I know he had been uh, – Yeah, I mean, this is a guy who has had a bad year. This is a guy who has had issues. He had a non-surgical treatment on his knee in advance of the season. He then had underwent platelet-rich plasma transplant uh, treatment. That's always fun. Yeah, he's been a mess for a while. He's been a mess, and he's due $8.5 million next year. It's almost to the point, mm, cut ties. Yeah. yeah. hate to see that happen, but... But, I mean, the law of averages would have said he would have actually had a hand in things had this team gone down the stretch run. He would have picked his game up, the law of averages would have told me. Oh, no doubt about it. But, uh, no doubt about it. I mean, you know, he's, he's yeah. a good wide receiver. I mean, of course, any quarterback would want to have him on their team. Yeah, but, Russell Wilson notwithstanding. Yeah, you got him on your team. You're just you're not going to be able to throw to him. Right, right. Yeah, shame. Yeah. I still can't believe that the Rams lost this game, though, especially with Kellen Clemens, two interceptions, man. They still should have won this game. Yeah. I now mean, Zach Stacy didn't get a touchdown. Well, again, it's chewing up the 20s. That's what it comes down to, chewing up yardage between the 20s. Yeah. But the good thing is, for your fantasy football teams out there, if you picked Golden Tate, you got some good points. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. He had a nice game uh, Monday night in front of a capacity crowd of, like, 23,000, probably. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the empty stadium was just a half-empty stadium. It's like, what, TNA was here? What? TNA? Impact what? They would kill for 23,000 people. Who am I kidding? Oh, yeah. Um, well, if you don't know, Jim and I, we got ourselves a little contest going on here where we pick the winners of each game. Um, of course, we pick the Thursday games on our Wednesday show, and we pick the rest of the uh, you know week on our Friday show. And right, right. pretty, pretty good. You still got a one-game lead, but we both went 12-1. and one. We, yeah, we are we are beast mode. We are the high five and white guys when it comes to this. We, yeah. we are in beast mode. Um, unfortunately, I, I don't think this week coming up is going to be as easy as the previous week was. I, well, nothing's going to be that easy, but I'm going to tell you right now, you look at the slate of games, there are only one, maybe two games that make you say, hmm, I think I want to watch that game. Agree. Agree. And, and I hate to say it, they're the bookends of the entire week. The Thursday game looks kind of intriguing, and the Monday night game. Everything else, I agree. I would like to see the Jets and Saints, though. I mean, not only just because I'm a Jets fan, but Jets keep going on that lose-one no, no. pattern, so it would be nice to see if they could actually upset the New Orleans Saints. I don't see it happening. Here's, here's why you want to see the Jets and Saints. Not because you're a Jets fan, not because you want to see the Jets win. You are a masochist. Because <laughs> New Orleans should raffle stomp. Oh yeah, absolutely. They they should just roll over the Jets in this game. But we'll get on to that on Friday, of course. That'll be Friday. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the Thursday night game, and that is the six and two Cincinnati Bengals headed down to Florida to take on the three and four Miami Dolphins. And what a season Andy Dalton is having so far. This is he is in the words of the Iron Sheik, he is the real. Um, and AJ up. Green helping him out. I, I yeah, simply put, Miami's still trying to figure themselves out, and we're at midseason, which is never a good sign. I'm going to go with Cincinnati on the road. <laughs> I'm going with Cincinnati as well. I mean, what a what, what a drop off from the three and O Miami Dolphins that we saw after week three. Yeah, they just haven't they haven't figured it out. No, they've they've just blown it apart. And for the uh, people who told me that I was nuts for dropping Lamar Miller because he was supposed to be some kind of a running back stud. The next best thing to slice bread. How you like him now? And I picked up Reggie Bush. Reggie Bush. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, hey, you know what, man? Lamar Miller, he's got the uh, makings of uh, somebody that could be a good running back in this league. Possibly could. Who knows? I mean, you know, it's, uh, you know, running back's career isn't as long as it is. But 
right now he's not doing that good, Lamar Miller. So. And again, the fact that running backs are an afterthought in the uh, 2013 National Football League as well. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, 10 after 12 uh, here at 24-7 Sports Hub Radio. We should be joined by our guest, actor D.B. Sweeney, uh, within the next few minutes or so. So let's get into this story and stick with the NFL trend, Jim. Steve Young. Your main man. Former San Francisco 49ers quarterback Steve Young. He's going to collect a million dollars next year. He is making more money this year. And we're not talking ESPN money, ladies and gentlemen, because, eh, Whatever. But here he is, Steve Young, about 30 years since he signed his USFL contract, will be making $1 million this year for doing nothing. Yes. While Russell Wilson is making about $666,000, let's say, give or take by comparison. Now, how did this happen? Again, his USFL, USFL contract, you say it five times <clears throat> fast, you'll, you'll flub it up too. Uh, I will read this from CelebrityNetworth.com. In order to make the contract work, now, Young agreed to a most unorthodox deal. He got a signing bonus. Good good for you. Mm-hmm. Um, he earned just $200,000 in his first year with uh, the, was it, the New Jersey Generals, owned by, of course, the great Donald Trump, which is huge. Then he would make $280,000 the next year, 300, uh, $330,000 by year four, $400,000 by year five, the remaining $30 million owed to him in his contract would be pretty much backloaded as follows. He would get payments that escalate to $1 million per year starting next year. 2014, he'll be making $1 million. Then $2.4 million, eventually topping out at $3.173 million. Wow. Smart you business. Know, Smart business. Absolutely. You know, and a lot of people would probably look and say, wow, these owners are stupid. No, you know what? Steve Young was smart. He beat the system is what that is. That's yeah. just, and how I'm going to say, we talked about this after I linked you to it after the show on Monday. Yes. I would love to see some player. Now, it's not going to happen in this day and age because you rightly told me the day is of super agents and Jay-Z doing this and Drew Rosenhaus. And meh, 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 meh. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see this kind of deal come back. You know what? I think you will, but it's going to take a, a, a different breed of an athlete to make this deal happen. It's going to take an athlete with a real business savvy, a real knowledge to make something like this happen. We've seen Steve Young do this now, and a lot of people. And you know, and I'm going to link it to uh, former New York Mets uh, outfielder, uh, excuse me, infielder Bobby Bonilla, and Great, with the yeah. deal he's getting, he's collecting a paycheck from the New York Mets way after his playing days, and he's going to be collecting it way after the Wilpons are probably gone. Yeah. Smart business. You know what? You can knock the uh, owners of, uh, what was this, the USAFL or something like that? USFL. You can knock them. You can knock the owners of the LA Express, whoever else that was involved in this deal. But you got to give props and you got to give credit to guys like Steve Young and Bobby Bonilla for putting something out here. But guess what? The teams agreed to it. Mm-hmm. That's the bigger thing is the teams agreed to it. And I don't know. Who's paying for it anyway? Um, Where's it coming from? Because the USFL is no more. I'm trying to see here. Uh, I believe it's an investment firm, a uh, the insur an insurance company. So it's essentially like the Lloyd's of London thing, where you know you're paid out to an insurance company and they stake the rest of it. Um, according to this, Investment Mortgage International, um, which is interesting. Wow. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So. Um, you know, you tip your hat again to Steve Young. You just tip your hat to him because that's just—it's just a brilliant move. You're not going to see that kind of thing happen. Uh, and you say, "Well, we're going to need an athlete that has business savvy skills." Well, I'm going to give you a little hint. You're not going to see many Harvard graduates play in the NFL. No. So, uh, you know, a little shot at the Ivy League, posh, posh. But those are the kind of people who would know that kind of stuff. We see one playing in the NBA, but we'll get into that later because... Oh, oh, will we ever. Yes. That is going to be good. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking here right now. Lee Steinberg, who was Steve Young's agent, um, you know, he insisted that the contract was to be insured just in case team or the league folded. And that is the main reason why he is getting paid right now. Tip the hat to Steinberg as well, oh. because he knew what was going on. And you know what? That's really that's really key, especially because, I mean, this was the this was the startup league, and the USFL has been outside, of course, of the old AFL when they actually merged. 
the greatest challenger, quote-unquote, to the NFL. And they only lasted about, what, four or five seasons? Because, ooh, we're going to go head-to-head against the NFL in our next season. Uh, no, that kind of failed. Miserably failed, matter of fact. So, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Fighting, fighting some uh, froggies in my throat. That's exciting. But, uh, yeah, I mean, just, just a great, great deal. A great story, in my opinion. Yeah. And this this guy, not that he wasn't already with his NFL money, but the guy's set for life. <clears throat> Do you think with this story, and of course with the Bobby Bonilla story floating around for the last oh, wow, six, six, seven seasons now, do you think that owners of teams, teams in itself, uh, general managers are like, you know, they don't want to go down as being the guy who would sign a deal, you know, sign off on a deal like this. So this is probably never going to happen again either way. See, in theory, yes, but in practicality, you hear all the time about teams that are wanting to get under the salary cap, get under this, get under that. This is the best way you do that, at least you know, with the players you have now. You think right now, Ruben Amaro Jr. here in Philadelphia would love to put everybody on these kind of deals. That way, they can be under the cap, and he could still buy a bunch of no-name uh, has-been players. Oh wait, well, sad. I'm bitter. Sorry, I'm a bitter man. Yeah, yeah. It hurts. It hurts. Yeah. Ruben Amaro Jr. He he stings. Uh, but uh, that would be the guy to do it. Well, or or the Steinbrenners, quite frankly. I'd yeah. love to see them do that, but no, they're too busy giving. A Rod, two hundred fifty-two million dollars or whatever. You know, you know what? I guess some of these people would probably think, you know what? Let's sign it because by the time this deal runs out and this kicks in, we probably won't even be around. We probably won't even be here. So we're not going to, you know, he- hear the hate from the fans. We're not going to feel the animosity from them. Mm. Wonder if that's uh, one of the uh, particulars uh, about signing somebody to a deal like this because I, w- I would love to be a fly in the wall. When a contract like this is being discussed. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. It, 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 it's, you know, it, it's fun fodder, as it were. Yeah. So, good stuff. Uh, good boy. stuff. Good stuff. We're still waiting for our guest actor, uh, D.B. Sweeney, to join us. So, in the meantime... Um, by, by the way, we'll plug quickly, uh, if you yep. want to find out about the movie, underdogsofthemovie.com. There's a, there are a couple of trailers that automatically play at the uh, top left corner of the screen. I got to see some of the trailers, and uh, it's really interesting. It's a look at high school football uh, based on a true story, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but that's kind of unique. Uh, it's not it's not the Friday Night Lights material to say the least. It's a, it's a you know something, and maybe we'll we'll ask him. We'll draw comparisons, you know about Friday Night Lights and high school football and the romanticism people have with it, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Oh, absolutely. Um, and, he, and, you know, you know him from Jericho. You know him from, I mean, most recently he's been doing bit uh, parts here and there on just about, you name a popular television show, he's been on it. Yeah, he was just on uh, Two and a Half Men. Yes. Yeah. So Winning. Oh, wait, wrong era. I'm sorry. That's and, of course, one of the roles he's known for throughout, Whoever watches sports movies or whoever watches movies in general is the cutting edge with Moira Kelly. I mean, I, I honestly haven't met anybody that's never seen it. There you go. You know. Oh, man, I tell you. It, it, you know, just you know, looking down the list of all the great things that he's done, it's amazing. I, I've, I could pick out TV shows and movies I remember seeing him on but kind of forgot about it because I always go back to Eight Men Out or The Cutting Edge or uh, also um, – Oh, man, Miracle at St. Anna, the uh, Spike Lee movie, which I, I, I loved. I thought that was great. And oh, sure. You played sure. a good part in it. So as we wait for uh, – Dibby, you want to get into a little bit of uh, MLB and uh, preview the World Series? <clears throat> yeah, let's get to it. Uh, game five was Monday night. It was a do-or-die game. No, it wasn't. It was a break-even game, really, because both teams were tied at two games apiece. And we had uh, a bit of a pitcher's duel. John Lester, though, came up aces. Uh, allowing uh, just uh, allowing a Matt Holiday shot, uh, seven and two thirds uh, frames complete there. Uh, David Ross broke a tie in the seventh inning. Ortiz, this is the story of the series. Forget the pitching. David Ortiz is hitting at like a seven hundred clip. It's wow. insane. Monster time. And then Koji Uehara came on uh, with a perfect four out save. Boston wins three to one to take a three games to two series lead in two. I mean, uh, Fenway. Koji's awesome, man. Let me tell you, man. I love yeah. Koji Uehara, man. He's 
He's your main man. Just he's saying. my main man, man. You know, I'm gonna go Madre Shot and say Koji Uihara is my main man. We actually, one of our writers, uh, I believe it was uh, Yoshi Goldstein, just wrote up uh, all of Koji uh, over on 247sportsup.com, calling him the Red Sox' biggest secret weapon right now. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, 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 he is. He's just now getting the respect he deserves. Plus, he had that pickoff, right? Yes. Yep. Yes. Uh, to uh, to end game four. Absolutely. The one that Fox never caught because they were too busy looking at an attractive-looking Cardinals uh, fan who was about to go emo on us, chew mm-hmm. off the snow patrol. <laughs> um, but uh, so, so there you go. Uh, pitching matchup for tonight's game number six. John Lackey will look to uh, fight for a championship in the honor of his team at home, but he'll have to do it against the Phenom. Mr. October in pitching. Ozzy Bear. Michael Waka Waka Waka. That's, you know... I'm telling you, Game 7 tomorrow night. If you're going to be down a game, going into a game where another team could win it, at this point in time, what better pitcher to put out there than Michael Waka? And you never thought you would say that, did you? I I honestly, I can can say this with, you know, and be totally straightforward about this. Before the playoffs, I never even heard of Michael Walker. Agreed. And I don't think anybody has, unless you're a Cardinals fan. Or unless he pitched against your team and you just happen to remember the name Michael Walker. But I don't remember hearing about Michael Walker. Yeah, and he had a great rookie season, all things told. Uh, in the regular year, but in the postseason, my goodness, he's only allowed three earned runs in 27 innings. He becomes the 17th pitcher in the history of this grand game to win at least four games in a single postseason. Opponents are hitting just 122 <coughs> off him in the postseason, which is which is going to play in line with the Red Sox because outside of Poppy, everybody else is hitting like maybe 150 yeah. in this year. You know... I, I'm not a big believer of there's one guy. You you know me. I mean, there's no I in team. But in Boston, yeah, there is, and his name is David Ortiz. Yeah. And it goes back to something I think I referenced on Monday's program, where, you know, I was the biggest test of me for Boston in this series was the three games in St. Louis. If for nothing else, the fact that David Ortiz had to field. He had to be at first base if they wanted to keep that bat in. So I was wondering, and I was skeptical, could he keep it up? Could he keep, you know, everything in check? And he did so, and then some. And he has been playing on the field, right? Yeah, he, he played He played all three games first base. Wow. You know, when he's in an American League park, heck yeah. with that. Hey, was he got five, uh, five home runs, 13 RBIs this postseason? He Jeez. Insane. This is probably In, his best uh, postseason going since 2004. We had the 19 uh, RBIs. I, uh, yeah, and uh, I've got a friend. Well, I guess we mutually have a friend who's going to tonight's game six. That That's going to be interesting. And he's a Cardinals fan. A Cardinals fan at Fenway. I don't know how that's going to be. But, uh, but, but you know, hey, it's Waka. It's Waka. He might get to see history, man. Um, One might, way or the other. It might be uh, Boston history, or it could be even uh, Cardinals history with Michael Walker. If he blows up and has another monster game for uh, the Cardinals, I mean, look out. I mean, you, you know what, man? If Cardinals could get this game, it, it could it could really I, – I don't, I don't know who would be the favorite in Game 7. It would be Boston. I really be, don't know. Uh, it would be Boston. It would be Boston. Uh, I, I, I'm, I would stake my reputation on it. Who would start? So it would be Jake Peavy. Versus Joe Kelly and Jake Peavy hasn't really had a good playoff. The well, officially they haven't been announced, so uh, yeah. Well, that, that, that's uh, yeah. Assumption it would be right now. Right. But honestly, who else would it be? Well, you're right. You're right. You know, would the Cardinals throw out Wainwright after he just pitched Monday night? I, it was him, right? Monday night, right? Mm, three days rest. I. You know what? If he hasn't gonna, had a good, good, you know, World Series so far. If you're going to play for a championship, uh, they're versing Wainwright. Yeah. You know, I you know you know what if I look at it that way, I would have to go with Boston if it's Lester over Wainwright. Wayne Wainwright just hasn't looked good. He has not. He's been he's been uh, he's been shaky to say the least. Yeah. Uh, almost as shaky as Tim McCarver trying to make analogies during the game. It's very very sad, very shaky. But uh, yeah, game six tonight, game seven if necessary, Halloween night, and on Friday we'll recap it all. We'll let you know if duck boats or uh, whatever the Cardinals do, uh, flatbed trucks, I guess. They're just generic like everybody else. Uh, 
are going to be running down uh, the winning streets of the winning hometown. Uh, by the way, it, talk about history. If the Red Sox win either tonight or tomorrow night, it will be the first time they have clinched at home since way back in the 19-teens. Wow. Because remember, the two world championships they won last decade, they were both clinched on the road. History, my friend, history. Yeah, so, uh, you know, Boston Boston may go up in, in flames. That's um, just, it's going to be insane. If it's anything like what happened in Philly in 2008, look out, Boston. Look out, Boston PD. Going to be a good game, man. I think I might have to tune in. Yeah, oh, uh, absolutely. And the ratings, You thank you for segueing. You gave me something nice to mention there. The ratings have actually ticked upward a little bit for this series. How much it's, is a little bit? Well, I mean, listen, again, the thousand-channel universe that we live in, you're not going to get the ratings of 20 years ago. I get that. But the series, uh, let me see if I can bring up the link very quickly. They beat Monday night, they beat Sunday night football in game four head-to-head, and they beat Monday night football head-to-head in game five. So that that's somewhat of an accomplishment, I think. Granted, of course, well, look at the matchups. They weren't aren't really that good. But, you know, they're averaging, like, in, in the low teens for millions of viewers, which isn't too bad, um, like 10, 12 million viewers, mm-hmm. which for a non-clinching game in this day and age is actually pretty decent. Yeah. Um, put it to you this way. It will not be the lowest-rated World Series of all time. It will not top the 2008 Yay World Series. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's what I call it, the Yay World Series. Uh, I'm trying to bring it up right now. Please indulge me. Talk amongst yourselves. Um, okay, World Series Game 4 beats Sunday Night Football in ratings and total viewers. Uh, game 4 did an overnight rating of 10.5, which averaged 15.39 million viewers. That narrowly beat Sunday Night Football, the Vikings, and the Packers with a 10-3 and 14.91 million viewers. Mm-hmm. So... MLB's got to be happy about this. They're beating the NFL. I mean, yes, you can. You, it's it's lipstick on a pig. Look at the matchup. I would rather watch baseball than the Vikings and Packers. But they're beating the the, the eight hundred pound gorilla of sports. Wow. So, you know, speaking of baseball, yes, Golden Gloves came out yesterday. Excuse me, Gold Glove winners came out yesterday. Oh, that's right. Um, just going to list these down, and I want to get your opinion on one of them. So I'm going to list the AL first. R.A. Dickey gets a gold glove, as well as uh, Salvador Perez, Eric Hosmer, Dustin Pejoria, Manny Machado, J.J. Hardy, Alice Gordon, Adam Jones, and Shane Victorino. He's come a long way from falling over himself before the ball comes even close to him. Man, you get rid of Shane Victorino. He goes on to the World Series, having, a, having himself a decent playoff. He's not having a good playoff. So no, he's, he's, from the defensive end, he's having himself a... You know what? They don't need his bat right now. They really don't. Yeah. They need him in the field. They need him to save some, well, uh, save some runs. With the hopper. With the hopper, yes. They need him to listen to the hopper, watch it under the uh, guest bedroom. But <laughs> he, he gets a gold glove. Or, well, I, I have no words. I, I knew you would it. I just had to bring that up. But let's go to the NL now. Um, Adam Wainwright, Yadier Molina, Paul Goldschmidt, Brandon Phillips, Nolan Arenado, Angelton Simmons, Carlos Gomez, uh, excuse me, Carlos Gonzalez, Carlos Gomez, and Gerardo Parra. Parra. A lot of newbies going on. Yeah, a lot of young names, uh, especially when you look at Atlanta. They're a young team, so you're going to see some names that make you say, Who? But uh, but but they all deserve it in my estimation. They're all uh, solid. I love the Goldschmidt one again, and he's gonna he's a lock to win the first base gold glove for the foreseeable future. What a great young talent he is. He's gonna be the reason why Arizona, or as it says here on MLB.com, Ariona. Um, no to MLB.com. Fix that. Just saying. Yeah. All right. Well, let's. Uh... Last night was the start of the NBA season. Oh, oh, here we go. Round ball rock, baby. And I'm happy. I bet you are. I'm very happy. My Knicks play tonight. I'm looking forward to that. But let's go over the three games that we had last night. Indiana Pacers knocking off the Orlando Magic 97-87. to The high score for Indiana, of course, 
uh, one of their better players in Paul George, 24 points. Roy Hibbert, 8 points, 16 total rebounds, 15 in the first half. Yeah, he he's the stud for that team. He is the stalwart for that team, and uh, it was a block party in Indiana last night also. Seven blocks for him as well. It was 18 in total for the team. Yeah, he was serving up blocks like uh, I serve up nothing. Yeah. And it's funny because we had a, a little bit of a surprise coming off the bench for the Orlando Magic, and that was Andrew Nicholson, who had uh, 18 points in the first uh, I, I believe it was 16 points in the first half, finished the game with 18 on 8 of 10 shooting. Where did he come from? Nobody knows. Mm-hmm. Nobody but, knows. Of course, we had our two favorite former 76ers play last night, and Nikola Vucevic and uh, Maurice Harkless. I beg, I beg your pardon? Eh. Eh. How dare you lump them into favorite Sixers of mine? No, 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 no. No, no, no. Favorite Sixers of mine. Oh. Oh, oh, because they're from Eastern Europe. Okay. Not Maurice Har- Harkless. Well, he's... I'm just saying. I just... Maurice Harkless is from, uh, I don't know where he's from. Yeah, I know he's from the States, but he ain't from around right here. Let's continue. Uh, the big game of the night, of course, was the uh, defending champion Miami Heat taking on the Chicago Bulls with Derrick Rose returning the Heat, knocking them off from 107 to 95. The score is actually a lot closer than it really was in play, but uh, Chicago had a better fourth quarter than the Miami Heat. The uh, high score for Miami being Chris, uh, excuse me, being LeBron James, 17 points, followed by Chris Bosch with 16. Mario Chalmers having himself a good game with 13 points, five steals, four assists. I picked him up on my fantasy team, and I dropped Steve Nash because that's how I roll. Yeah, it is, but uh, the biggest story of that game, well, first of all, let's mention that Miami was up, like you mentioned, 20, 25 points, much of the... Oh, they were up big time, yeah. Second, third quarter, but they just took the foot off the accelerator in the fourth quarter, and then Chicago clawed their way back. Derrick Rose looked all right, I'd say. And, you know, listen, for his first game back, 12 points, four assists, four of 15 of shooting, he was shooting a lot. Nothing was really falling for him, but, you know, this is his first uh, competitive game back after missing uh, all of last season. So. Yeah, since April uh, April 12th of uh, the previous year against my Sixers. Oh, boy. Yeah. But, uh, but, but there you go. And, of course, the biggest storyline, LeBron James's headband. Oh, I thought you meant his receding hairline. No, no, well, it goes in. I swear to you. It goes you, higher I, and higher. I, on a side-by-side of every year he had a headband on, which is every year he's played in the association. And you'll notice this year his headband is wider. Mm-hmm. I am convinced it is a wider headband because of uh, his, his – as the Inside the NBA guys so awesomely put it, he, he's afraid to join the bald brotherhood. Oh, boy. Let's look at it, though, from, the, from, from some of the other players over here on the Chicago. Carlos Boozer had the big game. 31 points, 7 rebounds. Joakim Noah, 11 rebounds, only 2 points. Jimmy Butler, the uh, shooting guard now, going uh, strong for the uh, Chicago Bulls with 20 points on 6-12 uh, shooting. Mm-hmm. They need to get a little more from their bench, though. Taj Gibson, Mike Dunleavy, both with 10 points. Um, Kirk Heinrich with 6. Nazi Muhammad, Tony Snell, 0 points. Nazi Muhammad, my former sixer. Favorite former you, like, sixer. you like Nazi Muhammad, don't you? Man, just like saying Nazi. All right, let's, uh, let's bring in a quick call here from the uh, 856 area code. I believe that's Jersey, huh? Yes, it is. All right, 856, what's going on? Oh, guys, cut it out. Oh, it's our good Sorry. friend, Brett Daniels. It's Brett Coulier. That, that was my best Uncle Joey impression. I, I'm still still jealous. That was terrible. That, that, that was a, on a scale of 1 to 10, that was about a negative 6. Yeah. I, well, I, you know, I, uh, Wow. You mentioned Dave Coulier. We haven't yet plugged it. We were going to at the end of the show. But since you have said it, we'll say it right now. Joining us on November 6th will be actor-comedian Dave Coulier. If you don't know the name, he played Joey on Full House, and he's voiced uh, so many of the cartoons uh, throughout the uh, late 80s into the early 90s that a lot of you grew up on. So he'll be with us on uh, November 6th. We are yet to. We are trying to figure out if he's going to bring the jackalope from America's Funniest People with him, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see about that. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping he brings uh, Mr. Woodchuck with him. Is that terrible note of word? Oh, my God. <laughs> but he is a big <laughs> hockey, and he does a lot of charity uh, hockey things and what have you. Absolutely. We're going to talk hockey with Dave Coulier. It's going to be fun. He is going to be, he is going to be our Don Cherry. What? No, no, not at all. No. Not at all. What's going on, Brett? Yeah, okay. what, you know that Brett? much. I heard, I heard you guys talking a little bit of basketball, and uh, unfortunately... Uh, for, for for Jim and I, our our Sixers they, they start tonight, and 
It's going to be a tough year. We are, we are in full tank mode. But, uh, tank McLaughlin was our new mascot. Well, dude, didn't you hear the NBA placed the uh, 76s on the injured reserve? They're not playing tonight. That, that would be fantastic, actually. I, I hope they do that uh, all season. Yeah, I was watching inside the NBA uh, this morning when they re-aired it on NBA TV, and they had a little segment where Chris Webber is looking all posh in his ascot and everything, and he says, and he pays tribute to all the players that don't that are so under uh, that don't get the attention they deserve. So they did a little scroll, and then at the very bottom, the last one, any player for the Seventy Sixers. I'm like, yeah, it's about right. You, you know, you saying. Uh... You saying about players not getting the attention that they deserve, and that's actually the reason behind why, why I'm calling today. Because uh, I don't know if you guys talked about it already. I just walked in the door, but the other day, LeBron James uh, made mention, made a quote that really stood out to me. Something that I, I earned, a, really, you know, earned him a lot of respect in my eyes, anyway. Um, but he, he gave he gave some props to Allen Iverson. Allen Iverson, who is retiring today, I believe that the news conference is in an hour, and yeah. uh, he's officially requi- uh, you know retiring. And LeBron James that Allen Iverson is pound for pound probably the greatest player to ever play in the NBA. Uh, obviously, that's debatable. Uh, but AI was a little guy, and he could do some really uh, really magical and amazing things. And I do think AI will go down as one of the, uh, the all-time greats. Uh, I've really liked hearing a current player choose Allen Iverson to, to kind of give him props in the, in the way that he did. You know, I, I feel like Iverson isn't respected or given – uh, a lot of the, uh, the accolades that, that he deserves today. And I, and I know that that's mostly, you know, uh, due to the, what happens off the court with AI from time to time. But I was just right. uh, wondering, you know, what are your guys' thoughts on, on what LeBron James said about Allen Iverson being one of the pound-for-pound all-time greats? And uh, do you agree? And uh, do you think he's a Hall of Famer? Go ahead, John. I'll let you lead off. Uh, you know, that's tough. I always go back to, uh, you know, we always use the Hall of Fame here. As an example, uh, you know, with Tracy McGrady retiring, Grand Hill, Jason Kidd, and, you know, it, he's going to have a lot of names to go up against when it comes down to the Hall of Fame ballot. And I think there's going to be a couple of players on that ballot that are probably going to get in before him. You know, if you win a championship, absolutely. But I think, unfortunately, it shouldn't come down to that. But I think that's what a lot of people are going to look at when the ballots come out. I think he is one of the better players. I wouldn't say he's going to be going down in history as one of the all-time greats of the game. I do think he's going to go down as one of the better players in the game. Um, does he make it to the Hall of Fame? I think eventually he does, but I think a couple other players are going to get in before him. It's interesting um, because the words that were said by LeBron, oh boy, I'm going to be sick, he may well be right. Pound for pound, he may, he's one of the greatest players who, who's ever played the game, Allen Iverson, that is. Of course, you have to remember, Allen Iverson was about six feet tall and all of 165 pounds soaking wet, if that. But he went up against the Giants, and he, he showed reckless abandon. He showed no fear. And reckless abandonment is, is really the right term because he was injured so often because he would – I mean, when he came out, Look at, you You know, when he was out there, before the starting laps, look at how much tape, athletic tape, you know, he had like turf tape on him, for God's sakes, uh, at various times it looked like, because he was just that kind of a baller. Uh, is he going to be a Hall of Famer? Mm, maybe, but again, the injuries caught up with him, his reputation preceded him, yeah. and as you said, John, he didn't win the championship uh, a dozen or so years ago, and that that's going to stick, but he he truly was a one-man team. He was a one-man wrecking machine because, well, when you have to play with Tom McCullough, you have to be a one-man wrecking machine. Tom McCullough was the I'm, man. I'm a, bit, I'm a bit shocked. I mean, neither... I, I, I would think Alan Iverson is an absolute surefire Hall of Famer. Uh, and, and it, first it ballot? Like you guys are both first ballot? I don't think so. I honestly don't Probably think so. Probably not first ballot. I mean, it's... Yeah. Okay. First ballot is pretty rare. Yeah, he's going to get in, but it's going to take probably a ballot or two, you know, probably, you know, two to three ballots before he does get in. I think it takes longer than that. I would think AI deserves to be in more than than some of the other guys you mentioned earlier, like Tracy McGrady and and Grant Hill. Uh, I mean, I don't, I I, I think that Well, Tracy McGrady, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Grant Hill, you have a question mark on, I think. Right now, to be fair, though, John would put Grant Hill in the Hall of Fame just because he's co-hosting the new NBA Inside stuff. Absolutely, man. And I, and I think Ahmad Rashad should be in the Hall of Fame as well. For what? The number of main I think he should be in not only the NBA Hall of Fame, but he should also be in the NFL Hall of Fame. 
Oh, stop the pain, please. I'm telling you, I'm going to get a replica of his bus, man, just for you, Jim. I'm going to put it in your room. <laughs> it's going to stare at you while you sleep, and it's going to say, my main man. Oh, my goodness. Stop the pain. But honestly, you know, you know what? Going back to his comments about pound for pound, uh, you know, probably the best player ever. You know, I kind of look at Allen Iverson, and I got to try to compare him to a guy like Tiny Archibald, man. You know, to, to me, Tiny Archibald, pound for pound, you know, was probably one of the best players. You got to rank him up against guys like that in, in order to say, you know, pound for pound, because they're around the same height, the same weight, and, uh, you know, possibly had some of the same teams around them. So, you know, it's a good comment by LeBron, but I think, uh, you know what, when you come out with comments like that, you really got to do a lot more of your homework mm-hmm. before you do it. So, Good stuff, guys. Thank you for answering my question. Maybe LeBron's lending him some money. Maybe that's why he's being nice. I don't know. <laughs> but he owes AI, uh, AI's baby mama some dough. Oh, uh, I wasn't going to go that far, but all right. I'll go that far, man. I'll take uh, it that of far. Of course you will, because you don't care. I I do, but I, I don't right now. Um, you know, that's right. Thanks, Brett. Appreciate it. ladies and gentlemen. Oh, man. My main man. Let's look at one of the other uh, bigger games from last night. We did have three games on the bill, and that was the battle in Los Angeles as the Los Angeles Lakers defeated the Clippers 116-103. Nobody saw that coming. The big man over at the Los Angeles Lakers was shooting guard Xavier Henry with 22 points off the bench. Really nothing from Steve Nash. Really nothing from Steve Blake. Absolutely nothing from Sean Williams. He got 15 points from Pau Gasol, 13 from Nick Young, but it really was the bench for the Los Angeles Lakers that did it last night against the Clippers. Well, remember, there's no Kobe Bryant. Dwight Howard's gone. Steve Nash isn't 100%. No. It's, it's pretty pretty remarkable. And uh, Xavier Henry after the game saying, the Lakers are for real this year, end quote. Uh, talk to me uh, in April. Okay? Nah, it, it, listen, you know what? They, they got a lot of holes in this team. Um, they are the B team. They are, they are the B are team in Los Angeles. Clippers are coming in with some new players, a new head coach. I mean, right off the bat, you got J.J. Redick. You got Jared Dudley coming in. Uh, you know, Antoine Jameson didn't play. So, you know, Willie Green's there. It's, you know, these guys didn't play, but it's a new system. It's a new system. And honestly, besides Chris Kanem and uh, and uh, who else was – honestly, I think it was just Chris Kanem. I mean, all those players have been around. And Sean Williams have been around, uh, you know, the, you know, the Lakers. And, of course, it's still going to be Steve Nash and Pau Gasol's team until Bryant comes back. But, you know, the starting five for the Clippers did it. The starting five mm-hmm. for the Lakers didn't. It was the bench. It was absolutely. It was a it was a bench parade. Henry with twenty two, Farmer with sixteen, um, Jody Meeks, another great Farmer sixer. Chris Kamen, I mean, you know, with points. you know, ten points, eight rebounds, and two blocks. I mean, having a center that can come off the bench and you know, you know, give you a valuable twenty minutes and get you those kind of numbers. I mean, that's that's huge. And just a huge fourth quarter outscoring uh, the Clippers forty one to twenty four to put it away. Yes. Uh, just uh, just phenomenal doings by the Lake Show. Uh, still, they are the B team in Los Angeles, as far as I'm concerned, uh, and will be for the foreseeable future. So. We do have 14 games on the bill for tonight, Jim. So <laughs> I'm a little happy about that, so let's take a look at some of these games tonight. The New York Knicks uh, opening up at home at MSG against the Milwaukee Bucks. The Brooklyn Nets visiting Cleveland to take on the Cavaliers. The Miami Heat coming to, <laughs> to take on Nerlens No Philadelphia Seventy Sixers. Can we sign Iverson back for one night? Just bring him back one night. Do a crossover on LeBron. I'm begging you. I hate to say, but Iverson in, in the shape he's in right now can do a lot better than uh, your starting five. So, well, I, I'm going to put it to you this way. Here is how Mark Zumoff or or any of the announcers covering this game should handle it, okay? Mm-hmm. Here we go. The opening tip is up, and the Sixers season is over. That That's, that's you know, the ball is tipped. The season is over. Welcome to welcome to Tanky McLotto land. Maybe Nerlens Noah will come limping out like Willis Reed. No, that's not happening. Here comes Willis. Uh, all right, man. The Boston Celtics taking on the Toronto Raptors tonight. The Washington Wizards going to take on the revamped Newly looking, you know, really good looking Detroit Pistons. I, I honestly think that's going to be a sleeper this season uh, in the NBA. Ooh, the sexy Bobcats, pick from you. Oh yeah, absolutely. The Bobcats taking on the Houston Rockets down in uh, in Texas. Orlando. Now, this could be an interesting year for the Bobcats. Okay, it, so it, it could be. 
It, it could very well be. I think we're going to have to, uh, probably on Friday, you and I are going to have to take a look at the uh, teams and maybe put in our predictions of uh, the top teams in each conference. Mine will be like Charles Barkley doing college basketball. That'll be fun. No, we, we, actually, we got a Charles Barkley uh, story coming up right after this. So. Oh, that, that's not terrible. That's okay. going to be good. Orlando Magic taking on the Minnesota Timberwolves. The Pacers who played last night and won one and are now 1-0 and in the season taking on the the new logo, the new team, the New Orleans Pelicans, our good friend Chucky Brown, uh, scout for the Pelicans. Our main man. He says they're going to have a good season. We'll see what the Pelicans well, can do. Well, he, no disrespect to Chucky. He works for them. Of course he's going to ah, ask Chucky's him our main man. I, I, I spoke to Chucky today, and I asked him straight up. I said, you know, because he's at the New Orleans Pelicans practice right now, and I said, who, who, who do you think is going to really stand out this season? For Of course, mm-hmm. Anthony Davis is one that they're really counting on. Uh, Tyreek Evans, who they got in a trade with uh, the Sacramento Kings, but he says that they're really relying heavily on Drew Holiday, and they think uh, you know they think he could do something good down there. Drew's going to have himself a season, okay? I'm going to tell you right now, Drew is going to have himself a season. I, I think so. I, I honestly think so. You know, I, I had a discussion with Chucky uh, Brown about that, and uh, I said I, I honestly think uh, you know what. You can't make a guy like Drew Holiday same way where I told you, Jim. You can't make a guy like Andre Iguodala. The star of your team when he can't be the star, but he could be that guy to lean on as a role player. Exactly. Some people are meant to be role players. Some are meant to be superstars. Yeah. And you know what? They got them some good players down here in New Orleans, so we'll see what happens. And some are meant to be Todd McCullough. Yes. Absolutely. All right, man. The Atlanta Hawks taking on the Dallas Mavericks. The uh, I was going to say Vancouver Grizzlies. The Memphis Grizzlies taking on the San Antonio Spurs. The eighth wonders there. <laughs> Is Big Country Reeves still on the team? Big Country Reeves and Bobby Hurley still bowling it up. Bobby Hurley, oh man. Uh, Oklahoma City Thunder taking on the Utah Jazz. Portland. Oh, the New Orleans Jazz, you mean, right? Okay. The New Orleans Jazz. Are, uh, <laughs> Got me laughing now. Uh, the Portland Trailblazers are taking on the Phoenix Suns. The Denver Nuggets taking on the Sacramento Kings. And I like this match. This game is going to be a good one tonight. The Los Angeles Lakers taking on one of my favorites this season. The Golden State Warriors. Mark Jackson knows how to coach him up. Absolutely. All right, man. Here, here goes our Charles Barkley uh, story of the night. He was brutally honest last night. They asked, who is your Western Conference playoff picks between Shaquille O'Neal, Kenny the Jet Smith, and Charles Barkley? Of course, Shaquille O'Neal says, Spurs, Thunder, and Clippers are his top three. Kenny Smith says, Rockets, Clippers, and Thunder are his top three. Charles Barkley says, I'm not an expert, Ernie. Uh, Ernie, Ernie. I do not make picks. I'm not going to be a knucklehead, Ernie. That's, that'd be terrible. That'd be terrible if I did that, Ernie. This is the first time I think Charles Barkley's not putting himself out in the line by saying... Because, because you know what? My picks are terrible. That's why. My picks is terrible. And, and you, if you watch me, I, I watch my bracket when I do the college battle. It's terrible. Ernie, and your bow tie's terrible. You look like Oval Redenbacher, Ernie. Oh, man. Or the Redenbacher Charles is going to call in one day, man, after hearing this. and uh, he's gonna have to- I hope he does. I love Charles. Charles is my main man. If all babies are pretty, why are there so many ugly people in the world? <laughs> Charles Barkley with a moderate shot on NBA Inside Stuff. Oh, that's the greatest. That's the dream team right there. Little right. news coming out of Houston with the Rockets says, Patrick Beverly is going to be the starting point guard for the Houston Rockets tonight, not Jeremy Lin. So it's the end already of Lin Sanity, at least for the beginning of the season, down in Houston. And I got to say, yeah. everybody knocked the New York Knicks for letting Jeremy Lin leave and sign this big, ridiculous deal with the Houston Rockets. And so far, the Knicks are looking like geniuses. Yeah, they are. I mean, Lin Sanity was... Uh... Was great while it lasted, but now everything must uh, to everything turn, turn, turn. There is a season, turn, 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 and a time to every purpose under heaven, yeah. as the birds famously I mean, saying. Beverly has played the last five years overseas. Mm-hmm. Here he comes into the NBA. He joined the Houston Rockets last season, and I mean, he he just he outplayed Jeremy Lin the entire preseason. This is you know this is a guy that you invested. A lot of money in to help lead this team. Sure. And guess what? He's not starting for this Houston Rockets team. No, he isn't. Uh, oh, well, that's the end of Linsanity down there. Magic Johnson talking again. Uh, is he trying to bring back the Magic Hour one more time? The Magic Hour with his blue thong. Oh, no, the Dodgers. Oh, no, no. That image. I'm going to throw out this quote. This is directly from Magic Johnson. Begin quote. Lakers fans are sp- 
spoiled. I don't know how they're going to react now because this is going to be a tough season. This is going to be one of the roughest seasons that the Lakers have ever faced. You're waiting on Kobe to see if he can get healthy. Nobody knows if he could be what he was. Then you've got Pau Gasol, who I think is a premier big man, but he plays better when he has talent around him, end quote. After the Lakers won last night, pretty good game against the Los Angeles Clippers. Lakers, Laker fans, Magic Johnson just called you spoiled. And you know what? He's right. He hit the nail on the head. He is, you know. I'm glad he said it. Well, and he, he, tell me he's wrong. He's absolutely right. They've had so much talent go through the Forum and now the Staples Center over the last, let's say, 30, 35 years, of which he was a large part of it, let's not forget. And, you know, you take it for granted that, you know what, this team eventually is going to have a a rocky road. And they've hit the rocky road portion of of things. They've been so successful, and they've been always one of those teams that you know they're always going to be in the playoffs. But... uh, now it's not a given this year. They may not make the playoffs this year. And, and everybody who's saying it's one game, yeah, yeah, it's one game. It's an 82 game season. Talk to me at midseason. Talk to me. Talk to me when Kobe comes back. Okay. Yeah. You know, just Kobe will come back. I I don't think it's going to be Kobe from uh, you know you know four, five, six years ago. No, of course. But not. Kobe's going to be come back and be effective. I mean, he's going to help out the Lakers. There's no question about it. I mean, a guy like Kobe Bryant. You know, he's not just going to come back if he doesn't think he can and not be an effective player. Speaking of which, let me ask this question. We always talk about it when it comes to to baseball and the romanticism that is one player staying with one team their entire career. It's sort of the same thing with basketball. Does Kobe end up playing his final game, not the season? I mean, in the final game of his career, does he play it as a Laker? Does he stay in Los Angeles for life? I hope so. I really do. A guy like Kobe Bryant needs to play with one team. You know, he, he gave so much to those fans, and I think the organization owes it to him to let him retire a Laker, unless he doesn't want to. Um, you know, I, I saw some of my favorites go to different teams. I mean, hell, you know what? Even Michael Jordan going to Washington, I thought was a damn shame. Uh, oh, you know, man. Watching That's Patrick it. Ewan, you know, have a Seattle Supersonics and an Orlando Magic jersey on was heartbreaking. You know, this is a guy you follow his entire career only to let the last couple of years of his career, you know, be played with, what, Seattle and be played with uh, Orlando. And I believe he actually played with uh, – I could be wrong right now. I'm just going to throw it out there because, you know, I haven't thought about it in a long time. But I think he played a season with Toronto. Mm, one doubt it. You know, I'm not sure. No, actually, he didn't play. I'm sorry. I was thinking of somebody else. But anyway, you know, it's, 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 it is heartbreaking to see a guy who is so much a part of that franchise – Don another jersey, mm-hmm. and I really would love to see. And I, you know what? I, I'm 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 not a fan of Kobe Bryant personally, but I can respect what Kobe Bryant has done in the court now, more so now than I did years ago. And he deserves to retire a Laker. You know, because honestly, if Kobe Bryant goes to Toronto or he goes to the Grizzlies, it's not it's not the same. You're right. You're absolutely right. It really it isn't would... the same. It would devalue his career a little bit. I think would. so. I think so. You know, I, I think guys like, you know, Jordan should have stayed with the Bulls. And you know what? If they didn't want him anymore, they should have figured out a way to make him retire or get him to retire a Bull. Um, you know, or just, you know what? Guys like that, I'm sorry, but they even deserve to, you know what? Even be on the team if they're not effective anymore, if, mm-hmm. if they don't want to retire yet. Mm-hmm. You know? I, I would have loved to have seen guys like Grant Hill retire with Detroit Pistons. Uh, you know, even LeBron James, it would have been nice to see him stay with the Cleveland Cavaliers. And even if he didn't win anything, they retire a Cleveland Cavalier. To me, I think that would have put more on his career than following Chris Bosh going to Miami and playing for another superstars team. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just me. I mean, you know, even Melo, I, I'm happy to see him in Nick. I hope he wins here in New York. He, he, you know, he's from New York. He played at Syracuse. He'll be a, a, an instant studier if he does. But it would have been nice to see him retire at Denver Nugget. So, oh, absolutely. You know, you know, there's just certain players. It's not these little role players like J.J. Redick and you know even John Starks. I hated seeing him leave the Knicks. He goes to the Warriors. He went to the Jazz for a little bit. You know, but eh, you know, it's those big guys that you want to see retire with the team that they've been with their whole career. So, mm-hmm. you'll, you'll get no argument from me. You're, you're spot on. Yeah. 
Let's uh, stick with the NBA trend here real quick. And we also wanted to send our apologies out to our listeners today. For some reason, we're just not able to uh, get D.B. Sweeney on the line for some reason. I don't know if there's a technical difficulty between the lines. We've tried a, a few times already. Um, but we'll talk we will to him. We'll have him back on a future show. Hopefully. Yeah, we, we definitely will try to reschedule with him and get him on uh, as well. Before we do that, Monday, former NBA player Billy Owens will be joining us at uh, 12 p.m. Eastern time to talk NBA with Jim and I. That's going to be yes. a lot of fun. And then, of course... November 6th, that Wednesday, we're going to be joined by Dave Cooley. So that's going to be a lot of fun. It's part of the 24-7 Sports Hub Radio, November to Remember. I like that. ECW? ECW. ECW. I love my November to Remember pay-per-views. Anyway. Yes, indeed. Let's get to this. An anonymous NBA general manager admits that his team is actively trying to lose games this season to get a higher draft pick and to maybe go after who? Mr. Wiggins himself. Mm-hmm. What do you think of that? Well, it's nice to know the Sixers have their plans. In or- oh, what? Did that come out? I'm sorry. Sixers? No. Oh. I wonder. I really believe it's the Sixers. I, 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 who else could it be? I mean, maybe Phoenix? Maybe uh, who else are they hypothesizing in the comments on this article? Uh, the Suns are another team they hypothesize, but uh, yeah, maybe even the Celtics. But I... I it sounds like the 76ers to me. Yeah, I mean, do you think that, you know, that's that's the way Sam Hinkie rolls? Do you think he'd come out anonymously and say, yeah, we're trying to lose? Well, I mean, he's like, uh, yeah, pretty much. Hmm. Well, what, what does he have to lose right now? Well, I wonder if they did that because of drafting Nerlens Noel, sitting him out the entire season now before he even donned the 76ers jersey. Find him 2.0. And say, so, you know what, let's try to get number one so we can pair up Michael Carter-Williams, Nerlens Noel with uh, – with Wiggins. And you know what? It's a no-brainer, and really it speaks to the fact that the NBA has had it so wrong for so long. Mm-hmm. They reward you. Uh, NBA lottery be damned, okay? Mm-hmm. They reward the teams that tank. Mm-hmm. They reward teams that screw off and piss off their fans by tanking a season. You know this, I know this. They've done it for decades. You know, yeah. the lottery's a, a big Trabasham mockery as far as I'm concerned. Well, especially the NBA lottery. Well, you know, you, that's what I'm talking about. The, yeah. new, the New Jersey lottery's more uh, stable than the... Uh, <laughs> oh. Hell, the Pennsylvania lottery, when they had that little scandal where everybody, where they had one person buy a bunch of the tickets because they weighted the balls, that's more legit than the NBA lottery. Yeah. So... It's it's a mess. It's just a mess. But it doesn't surprise me that this happens. I think you're always going to have teams that do this every year. Uh, just you know, and truth be told, if it is the Sixers that are, if it is the Sixers GM who is the GM who came out with this, and even notwithstanding, I would want outside of this opening night where Allen Iverson is retiring as a 76er and coming back onto the court one more time, I want a three quarters empty Wells Fargo Center. I, you know, I don't know, man. I, I, I've always heard people say, oh, yeah, you know, like, with, of course, with the Mets, let's just continue to lose so we can get a higher draft pick. And it's like, you know what, man, as a fan, I don't want to see that. You know, who the hell wants to see a losing season? Man? I'd like to see them compete as hard as they can. You know what? And if they lose almost every game, as long as I see my guys just playing their asses off, that's what I want to see. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't want to go to the game knowing that, oh, yeah, they, you know, they're going to tank it because they want a draft pick. I'm sorry, but you know what? If you're a fan and you and you can agree with that, and that's your hopes to try to get somebody like Andrew Wiggins, you're not a fan. I'm sorry. Yeah. No. That's just yeah. me. But. I mean, I understand being you know being there through the bad times and the good times, but yeah, I don't know. No. It is what it is. The crumb bums. There are crumb bums. Anyway. That's basically it for today's show. Once again, we want to send out our apologies to our listeners and everybody tuning in today. Uh, for some reason, we just couldn't connect with uh, actor D.B. Sweeney uh, via our telephone line, um, but we will hopefully reschedule with him and get him on uh, sometime in the near future. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it is I mean, a good movie. Check it out, underdogsthemovie.com. Yeah, yeah it comes and, out uh, uh, November 1st in theaters. comes out, and it will be on, available on demand a few days later. Absolutely. Video on demand uh, November 5th, so there we go. check it out. So for uh, Jim Williams, I'm Jonathan Raggis. Thank you for tuning in today to 24-7 Sports Hub Radio, and we'll see you Friday. We will see you if you'll see us.
it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.